Hey, business building warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a treat for you today, a good friend of mine, a guy who actually lives near me in the same part of the world that I'm from, Greenwood, Indiana, on the south side of Indianapolis, Indiana, in the Midwest. He found our community before he realized we live in the same area, which is a cool part of his story. But now he's an integral part of our community. He's become a leader. He's a coach on our team. He's helped many businesses successfully launch who have brands. So they're trying to build on Amazon. We call this the PPP model in our community. It's one of the modules inside the Proven Amazon course. PPP stands for Proven Product Partnering. This is a course that was put together by our coaching director, Nathan Bailey. And it teaches you, as someone who understands the basics of the Amazon landscape, teaches you how to go and approach businesses that have a brand or product they're trying to launch. And then you can get a percentage of the sales as you help them launch that brand. Well, that's the business model that my friend Jonathan latched onto early on around here. And it's thriving. It's going really well for him. So if maybe you're a replens seller, you're a reseller in our community, you're flipping products on Amazon and you're looking for what's that next model? I've, I've kind of got this dialed in. I'm, I've got it at a stable point. What else could I be considering? This is a model worth considering. And Jonathan lays it out very well today, talking through what it's like to help brands get on Amazon with their own Amazon account and then get paid a percentage of that. They've got a very robust business that they've grown, many successful clients, including some name brand clients that they just recently brought on, like I should say household recognized name brands that uh, he doesn't tell us what the brand is. He can't do that because of a non-disclosure, but that's how big this opportunity got that fast for them. They're doing really well with it. Uh, we talk a little bit today and spend some significant time talking about the poverty mentality versus an abundance mindset today and how Jonathan has kind of worked through that. He was a full-time pastor up until he got introduced to this community. He felt like God was leading him towards a pivot point for he and his young family. And that's exactly what's happened. And now that we're a few years into that pivot and they've jumped into e-commerce, this is kind of the rest of the story. So they went from being spending many years on a pastoral staff, and that was their only income, and that was their calling, to now pivoting, and their only income is e-commerce. They're a homeschooling family. And uh, again, just a, a good friend of mine here locally that I can't believe I haven't had a, a great podcast episode with. There's so many great leaders in our community. Remember, there's about 100 people on our team, our leadership team, who I consider contributing in a big way in the leadership role to this community, the, the proven Amazon course community, the silent sales machine radio community. You know, our Facebook group at silentgym.com, about 71,000 people in there. There's about 100 of us, content creators, moderators, coaches, admin team, that sort of thing. And for very few of us, is it a full-time gig? But there's a lot of guys like Jonathan who contribute in a significant way in a leadership role. And he's, in this case, as a coach and as a content creator for us now. And also, as you'll hear us discuss, he was the worship leader at our optional pre-event annual event, The Proven Conference. Theprovenconference.com will soon have the date for our next event. But he's the guy that's put together the worship team comprised of people from this community who have a musical talent. And we just have a great night singing worship songs the night before our event starts. The past couple of years we've done it. We plan on doing it again in July of 2023. So plan on checking that website out. The dates will be nailed down. The city will be known soon. Keep an eye on theprovenconference.com for all of that. Jonathan will be featured there in a few different ways, I'm sure, this year as well. But enjoy this interview with a good friend of mine, a good leader in our community who's accomplished some significant things after making a major pivot with his very supportive wife and young family and local good Indiana guy here, actually attending the same church currently, see him all the time. So let's go meet and hang out with Mr. Jonathan Bricker. So Mr. Jonathan, welcome, buddy. Hey, good to be here. Good to have you. Let's get into your story, man. Yeah. So I started in the e-commerce. It was back in the end of 2018. And really my background is I had no background, no zero experience really selling anything except maybe something I was just trying to get rid of out of my house, not because I was trying to sell or build a business, but just I needed to get rid of it. So no background at all. Right. Um, actually, my background, it was uh, occupationally, I was in ministry. I was a pastor in a church uh, for 13 years. And through uh, a season of prayer and a lot of decisions, my wife and I decided to to leave that role. And that was a big decision for us. And we were praying and processing through that. Lord, what, what, are, what are we to do next? 
And throughout that, you know, we just felt like God was leading us to go into the space of business. So as we were processing, what does that look like? One thing that came to mind was my family had a, uh, my dad's a chef and he had a side business. We had a little side family side hustle. He made salad dressings and we'd sell them in farmer's markets and stuff like that. And local restaurants. Uh, yeah. Local, some selling by the gallon to local restaurants and some local stores. And so I thought, well, let me learn how to sell these things online. That was kind of, kind of the starting point. And, um, I started looking up just random podcasts and first couple I listened to just did not resonate with me at all. They weren't your podcast. They were somebody else. And just, I don't know, the culture, the feel, the vibe, it was, you know, all the glitz and the glam and the private jets and and all that stuff. And and then um, a friend of mine uh, who had done some, a little bit of e-commerce stuff, I I asked him, hey, is there any good podcasts on this stuff? Because everything I'm finding out there is garbage. <laughs> and then he sent me your podcast. And immediately first, I mean, first episode out of the gate, I was like, oh, this is like a breath of fresh air. This guy is... This guy, Jim, I don't know him at all, but man, I could tell this guy is normal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're just doing doing the stuff. And so just started, I mean, consuming like crazy. I would be at the gym listening to podcast after podcast, stuff like that. And then, so I decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to sell this stuff on Amazon. I bought the Proven Amazon course, the pack, and just kept learning. And then somewhere along that way, in that first couple months, listening to podcasts, buying, buying the Proven Amazon course. And one of the podcasts you mentioned that we live in the, in the same city. And I, that was that was news to me. I didn't I didn't know that we actually live like that's so crazy. You haven't saying. connected those dots yet. Yeah, well, I mean we're neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you've been you've been showing up at the same church I've attended for a while here, past around <laughs> a couple months. It's so yeah. cool seeing you in the parking lot and yeah. But it was on my on my end because whenever I came into this and I bought the course and everything, you were just some guru, uh, you know, out there. I don't know where you're at. And it's like, yeah, I had no it's idea. Like, that's right down the road from me. So that was kind of neat. And then uh, so I reached I reached out to you, and this is again very friendly. I hadn't sold anything yet. And you graciously went out to coffee with my wife, Ashley and I, and um, that was very, very generous and just felt so supported by you, by this community. And then um, really, so shortly after that, I, again, I didn't know anything. I, I started to do a little bit of like reselling. I would, at that time, I don't think they were called replans, but learning some replan type stuff, just to learn the ropes of the ecosystem, how it works, how do I send in products? What is Seller Central? That Those kinds of things. And um, sold a couple of things. I think the first thing I sold was like an apple core slicer thing <laughs> and uh, just off of a clearance rack. So I wasn't doing it as a business model. But again, my, my goal was to learn how to, how to do the salad dressing. What I didn't know, my, my journey was very atypical. What I didn't know is I was coming in from the beginning doing private label. Didn't know I was doing private label because I wasn't going and sourcing from China and that kind of stuff. My dad was making these and you know we were selling like that. Yeah. And and the brand already had some momentum locally, at least. Uh, yeah. And, locally. And even beyond local, wasn't it? Were you guys just Indiana at that time or were there, was yeah, it pretty local only? It's pretty, pretty local. There's some okay. regional stores where we're, um, we're carrying us, but it was pretty much local. And yeah, we had the, that brand had existed for, I don't know, five or six years at that point. So I had a local following, but you know, nothing really beyond that. So it was really through that. And, uh, I decided to get, I got coaching and Nathan Bailey was my, my first coach. And man, that was a blessing, huge blessing. That guy is, he's amazing. He knows, not only does he know so much, I mean, he's just a ball of energy. And just, I just consumed everything he was saying and listened to our recordings over and over. And he helped me learn just, you know, how to optimize the listings and how I do keyword research and all the things that go into a private label. And um, he set me up with uh, one of the other coaches, uh, Abor Delani, to, Learn like PPC and just all these things. I was completely green. I knew nothing. So I had, a, I had a steep learning curve. But along the way, as I was learning that too, that was right around the time that you guys were talking quite a bit about the proven product partnering model, mm -hmm. uh, working with other brands, right? The PPP model. And I knew that that resonated in me. Like I, I felt like I like that path. I just something about that just really clicked in me that that's... It's, it's very relational you know, it's, <clears throat> yeah it's talking to people it's building long-term relationships and, mm -hmm. and kind of growing with them in their business yeah and, and for those who don't know proven product partnering like jonathan just described it it's one of the modules in proven amazon course we teach you how to help brands get on amazon basically and then get paid a percentage of the results you generate and a flat fee too for helping them get set up and that sort of thing it's a great business model high demand and mm -hmm. once you have a basic set of amazon skills you're ready to start experimenting with it. And you'll find a lot of people out there ready to talk to you 
trying to get their brand that maybe it's their family salad dressing, for example, right? Like yes. help us get this online. There's huge demand for that sort of thing. Absolutely. And so what was kind of neat though, was just that that gave me a framework for even figuring out how do I want to structure this thing with, with my parents, right? It was technically mm-hmm. their business. And so that uh, I set that up technically as like my first client, my first partnership. And uh, in hindsight, that was an enormous blessing because it forced me to look at how do we structure this deal that's in a true best win-win long-term relationship that they have to be profitable and they need to be making more than I'm making, but I need to be making a, a good wage as well for the value that I'm bringing. And um, I was able to really do a deep dive into our numbers and those kinds of things and work that out with my parents to find what's what's a good percentage, what's a healthy approach for this. So that that became a framework for future clients because... I knew what was going to work long-term because I, I knew that <laughs> and we're doing a deal with family. You have to set those kind of parameters up properly so that it's set up for success, you know? But so I got, basically, I wanted to go to the PPP model and I learned and expended my learning curve on us, on our own brand, <laughs> and um, which was an advantage that I had. You know, if you're just coming in and maybe you've not done that, that's, I get that. Not everybody might have that same advantage, but having Nathan as a coach was tremendous because I was, he just crash course me on it. And that became, like I said, that business, the salad dressing business, it was, it was five or six years at the time prior to just doing local stuff. But then really quickly, Amazon became the primary revenue stream for that, for that product line. And still is today. It's the main thing we still sell in some stores and stuff, but really Amazon's the main, the main. Oh, that's awesome. Are we still still doing some fulfillment for you guys through our prep center? I hadn't, are we? Yeah, you guys do all of our merchant fulfilled stuff. Do we? Okay, I didn't even know. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> That's how detached I am from that part of my business <laughs> at times. I, I'd seen your stuff on the shelf last time I was in there, but which yeah. has been a while back. But okay. No, yeah, yeah, we we send all we send in all the FBA stuff, but yeah, you guys do all the merchant. That's great. Stuff. And it's going uh, well. Your dad's happy with it. Your parents are happy yeah. with how it's rocking. Yeah. If anything, actually, that's kind of we're at a growth challenge for that business because. Where he can't produce anymore, and so we're mm-hmm. we're talking with co-packers to get that at scale. We've had yeah. a lot ever since COVID and the conversations with the co-packers. Everything's gone haywire. So uh, sure. finally, finally dialing that in. But really, we've been at the point to where every week we're running out of inventory. So it's uh, wow. Because I was going to say, hey, let's give a shout out to your brand, but you guys are selling out constantly. I think we're going to anyway, just so people can go look it up. Good luck yeah. getting some, but right? <laughs> yeah, we'll stick insane. a link. Stick yeah. a link in the show notes to the to you know a listing so people can see it's brick house, right? It's like organic, healthy salad dressings. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yep. So it's all yeah, all clean label, low carb, low sodium, all of that. That that was the we, we were going through some health stuff at the time. That was kind of the angle that dad, who's a chef, he got frustrated because he was making health changes and all the salad dressings out there were full of junk and the you think you're trying to eat healthy and it was ruining your salad, right? So right. Uh, so he can just go make make anywhere. You know, I couldn't do that. But so yeah, that's kind of the basis of that brand. But but again, for me, that's just served as a as a testing ground to learn how to do this. And really listening to more podcasts as you would talk about this, Jim, you you gave me confidence to actually go approach other brands because I felt like, you know, I'm just a few months into this. I don't know anything about Amazon. All I know is the couple of things I've done with our brand. And I've seen some degree of success and seeing it working. But you would say, you know, go talk to people, go to trade shows and tell them, you know, you're a part of this community of, at the time, 50,000 people. I don't even know what we're at now, 70 something or 71 coming up on two. Yeah. Yeah. And I did that. I was, I was working a trade show for, uh, for our business uh, with my parents and went up to some other products that looked like they could do on Amazon and just said, Hey, this is what I do. I help people, I help brands get on, on Amazon. But I, it was like, you gave me the courage that I needed. You, you, you encouraged me, right? You put that courage in my heart to go and to approach somebody that I might not have had the confidence in myself to go do that. And that was huge. That's Even- great. Well, it, let, let's give, you know, I've, I've said different versions of kind of what you just said a, a good handful of times, encouraging people, what, what, you know, the value of the, the information that's stored in your head, just hanging out in this group and selling a few things on Amazon. Let's say you've been doing it six months or a year mm-hmm. and you've sold a few thousand dollars a month. During that time, you know the basics. The value of what you have in your head is so significant. So if you were meeting someone and like, hey, so what do you do? Here you do some internet stuff. What do you say at that point in time to start having those confident conversations? What did I tell you to say in your own words? You know, what's the elevator pitch that, you know, 15, 30 second, 
What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it's, we sell on Amazon and I help other people do it. And I don't know all the answers, but I'm connected to a community of people who does. And if there's a problem we come across, give me 24, 48 hours, we're going to fix it. But that was basically it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and the response you get to that simple statement. I, I mean, I like to flower it up a little bit. You know, I say things like I'm part of a group that international, tens of thousands of people, we live, eat, breathe, and sleep e-commerce and Amazon. So if I don't know the answer, Yes. Some of the smart people in that group will, you know, that's my flowery way of saying the exact same thing you just said, but your version of it, that's confident and comfortable. You'll just be shocked Mm -hmm. talking to business owners, people with a product, even if they're already trying to sell. The thing I discovered too, and you'd know this better than me at this point, Jonathan, is even people who are already on Amazon. Yes. Most of them are very frustrated trying Mm -hmm. to get their brand to get momentum, to figure out the landscape. Mm -hmm. They're more than willing to give somebody a cut. Mm-hmm. to apply some of the knowledge that they're learning you yes. know, from this community to their brand and to their, because they don't want to, like your dad, he doesn't want to goof around on Amazon. He wants to make great salad dressing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where he needs to be. And that's where, you know, any brand owner, you need to be in your space where you can make the most value. And it makes sense. It, and something that's been a journey for me all along the way still is, is I recognized even as I had this transition into running my own business that I had a poverty mentality and growing up. I didn't really, I didn't grow up poor and in poverty, but I had a lot of mindsets that were keeping me from growing and being exposed to you and Nate and just others in this community really challenged me in the way I was thinking to have more of an, an abundance mindset because those things go hand in hand of, of the types of things we're just talking about. If you're meeting with a brand and you're, uh, they're, they're frustrated. A lot of times I encounter people, it's like, man, they're just blaming everybody else. And, you know, uh, here's, here's why my brand's not performing well. And it's because this other agency did that, or this, th- those are big red flags as I'm, as we're talking to new clients, if they just start blaming everybody else, or it's like, okay, I don't know if this is who I want to work with. And uh, that, man, yeah. yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I, I want to explore that poverty mentality topic since you brought it up a little bit, go yes. wherever you're comfortable going with that. But I started noticing a long time ago, you know, we've been coaching people into e-commerce and business for coming up on 19 years or so. Nate's been with me almost that entire time. You know, the guy that coached you, but one of the things you start to notice is you just can't help it. When you get a new student or a new client and you just kind of project them out into the future, two, three, five years, you get pretty good at knowing the trajectory of people based on some little indicators. And one of them is, like you just said, who are they blaming? We all have problems. We all have challenges. We all have things we're trying to overcome. But as they talk about those things, who is it that they're taking to task? Mm-hmm. And if it's, not a healthy dose of the guy in the mirror, man, that person's going to struggle. Yeah. You know, if if they say things like, ah, I need to work on my skill set in this arena because I keep hitting challenges in X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, that person I can work with because they recognize it's a skill set. It's a, it's a mindset. It's me. I'm at the center of the issue here. But if they say, well, Amazon, well, government, well, this, yes. where that factor out there, these things that are out of their control and they're just kind of these invisible monsters that they blame everything on, mm-hmm. that person's harder to work with. And yeah. I think it drifts you into a poverty mentality. You can just kind of comfortably sit back and blame the world and say, well, there's a reason I'm here. It's because the world is against me. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. That's a poverty mentality, dude. That you got to break out of that, man. Yeah, there's plenty yeah. you can do. So, yeah. yeah, talk me through what what other ways have you noticed that in yourself? And because you and I have never really explored this, I mean, we've had some good conversations over the years. We've worked together quite a bit now over the past. What it's been coming up on five years now, or so four yeah. and a half plus. Yeah, talk me through that a little bit, man. Yeah, I mean, some of it was in my initial unwillingness or my risk tolerance was much lower <laughs> when yeah. I first started. You know, but, and, and I can live with that. I mean, you're married, yeah, you've yeah. got some young kids and more on the way. It's like, ah, you know, I don't, oh, you yeah. don't want to be just throwing money in the wind. Well, it, it, absolutely. We were in, we were a single income family going to a zero income family, and which I don't recommend our, our path. That was uh, not... Yeah. There was a lot of prayer. I mean, you guys, you guys, yes. you were, you guys God, were wide-eyed was... and staring me right in the face for a long conversation when you were on the... I remember <laughs> that. And I, I took it very seriously. I don't remember exactly what I shared, but I remember being very cautious. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to advise you guys to, to leap. Yes. Yeah. But that's what God's telling me <clears> to do. I think there's a good place for you to land. Yes. Right? Something along those lines. And, but that's not a poverty mentality. No. You know, being risk tolerant and risk averse and taking calculated risks, you know, that's just responsible. That's good stewardship. Yeah. 
So care. sometimes there, I, I wonder, where's that line? Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Of, of stewardship versus I'm just um, thinking, thinking too small, not willing to to invest in what's going to bring the growth. That's you know that that's kind of more of a nuanced thing. But yeah, certainly thinking who do I who am I surrounding myself with? Who am I placing around me? That's another thing. You, both in myself, but also if you're like talking with a brand. They, one path that you brought up could be maybe they're blaming all these external forces, but you said they need to have a healthy dose of looking in the mirror. So either that and or it's it's also a good sign if they just saying, I need to have the right people around me. Those are, again, yeah. people who have that collaborative. It, whatever, it's more of like, I'm, I just need to pull it up by my bootstrap. Yeah, people that encourage you forward. You know, it, it, one of the things that we, when we isolate ourselves, I think that is definitely poverty mentality because <clears throat> one of the yeah. things we have to face one of the things we have to face when we surround ourselves with other people, especially if they're you know different streaks and weaknesses than ours, is we're going to notice there's people with less talent, less education, fewer assets, mm-hmm. all the more challenges than I have <clears throat> who are outperforming me. Mm-hmm. And when you're forced to confront that, honestly, it either challenges you or makes you better in looking for reasons to like isolate again. And yeah. that's what I love about this podcast and, and why I refer people, you know, they're like, hey, Jim, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. I want to take you to lunch. I'm like, hey, listen to 25 podcast episodes, take notes on your favorite five, then we'll go to lunch and we'll talk yeah. because they're going to get hit in the face with some people that challenge them. Like, okay, that guy figured it out. Okay. That lady who can't even get out of bed, has got it. Okay. That guy who lives in Slovakia. And has no contacts in America is selling and buying in America now successfully. Like all these people that have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And a poverty mentality keeps you from being honest with yourself that I'm maybe the issue here. If these people are figuring it out, I've got to work on some things and 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 make this work instead of coming up with excuses. And, well, and it also leads to comparing yourself to others and even in their successes and feeling bad instead yes. of rejoicing with their success. And you know, that's being, so good because so, especially, you know, and if you're in a Facebook group and people are posting up screenshots and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I hit hundred K if you get like deflated and just want to yeah. quit, like that's, that's a mindset issue. That's a hard issue. Yeah. Uh, you, you hear this thing, you know, comparison is a thief of joy, you know, when we say it and I don't necessarily disagree with it mm-hmm. because if you're saying, well, I'll never be that good. Who are they to shove it in my face that they achieved that? And you kind of make it as a negative towards yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be able to celebrate when others win and we should be able to learn from their wins. It yes. requires humility. Yeah. And to know, like you, you've talked about a lot of the Lappin principles about the, the pie versus or cake and candlelight, right? So that was a that was that was a beginning of a shift for me of, you know, just because they made X amount in this month, it doesn't mean I'm not I'm on my path. And I'm it doesn't mean there's less for me. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it means, wow, I need to pay attention to this opportunity. How yeah. can I partner up and learn from and and benefit from my association with that person who's obviously figured some things out and how can I add to their life? Totally, totally. Yeah, so that was uh, along the way. I just feel like I continually start finding things that I'm just trying to grow in that abundance mindset and having, yeah, having healthy dosages of, of that. Yeah, so- I, I think, Jonathan, it's a lot like, I'm just kind of equating, I'm, I'm kind of connecting the dots in my head as we talk about it. These are topics of great passion for me, but it's a lot like the optimist versus pessimist conversation where- the default condition for all of us is pessimism. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think it was Jordan Peterson talking about this not too long ago. Like, there's no no wonder we're risk attentive mm-hmm. and we're always a little afraid of what we're getting into when it's new because death is permanent. <laughs> like, risk that kills me is permanent. So I need to pay special attention to that. The positive side, yeah, that's a little harder to fo- force your brain to focus on. So that whole, it takes a lot of work to be an optimist. It takes a lot of intentional gratitude. It's a daily practice. You have to keep yourself there. That's not the default condition. The default condition is pessimism, negativity. Mm-hmm. Easy to drift there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this abundance mentality and poverty mentality. The default condition, especially in our culture, is negativity towards wealth, towards success, towards profits and building a successful business. And the first thing they say when you built, once you've built that business, how are you going to give back? It's like, I've been given the whole time. Did you guys not see where I like didn't pay myself for the first eight yes. months of this thing, right? Yes. And still I'm the last one paid. All I do I love, is give. I love with that too. And I think, you know, Lappin talks about this, but even that phrase giving back implies I stole something. I took yeah, something. When did I take something? I didn't <laughs> Every dollar I have was given to me by a happy no, customer. I didn't I take I want to be generous. Money. 
right? I want to be generous. I want to give, but I mean... Oh, absolutely. That's... Yeah, you have to be generous and and come from a giving heart. That it's not out of a sense of like, oh, I took so much. That whole concept came from... uh, When when, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin was talking about it, the pirates who would actually, for a living, rob ships until they got into their mid-30s and they got too risky and they're ready to settle down and enjoy their plunder. Mm -hmm. And then they would give back out of this sense of guilt because they'd spent their life killing and pillaging to acquire their wealth. And now they would build a church or build a library to give something back. Like, that's that's not how business works. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're not using the gun to get money from people, then you got to convince them you've got something of value. You've been serving and giving the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then generosity is just the bonus on top. So yeah, uh, I can talk about these songs all day, but I, I love that connection between optimism, pessimism, and poverty mentality. Yeah. And abundance mentality. I think it's the same type, but there's an overlapping skill set there. I, one more comment on the poverty mentality is I reflect a little bit, just even as we're talking. I think for me, just to get personal with it, would be having been in ministry for over a decade. Uh, it's a low income, right? And it's a fixed, you know, salaried right. that type right. situation. And so then there becomes a question almost in this, in an unhealthy sense. Some people of faith really hold up uh, poverty as a, as a, Good thing, right? It gets a virtue of some it's kind. It's a virtue. Yeah. All you got to do is spend all your money to be virtuous. Give it all away and spend it all, and now I'm virtuous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's obviously an unhealthy end of both sides of that spectrum. Of course. There. But um, but so then you get to, well, okay, if I make more than X amount, whatever that line is, it's a moving target for any any family, then do I feel bad about that? And what am mm. I supposed to do? So th- that's like some of the internal... At what uh, point do I feel guilty? Yes. Do yeah. I feel guilty? Yeah. Well, I, I love it. And when that conversation comes up, you know, just use facts and data to challenge and push back. I'm not trying to put any thoughts in your head by saying what I'm about to say, but these are the facts and data. If you live in a westernized nation, US especially, where you've got clean water, you've got more than about $5 a day and you're available to you to spend, right? You're in a warm house, which is very apropos today for the day, like one of the coldest days in Indiana history is we're both sitting here, like go outside. It's like negative 30 wind chill as we're recording this, right? You know, so if, if you're blessed to have those kind of conditions and you put it into perspective of world history, you're at a top fraction of 1%, mm-hmm. right? Just with those things. And then you put on top of that, the houses, the cars, the technology, like we're talking like ridiculous. We're living better than Kings did 200 years ago right now, most of us. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, let's just talk about current history. Well, still you're in the top two, 5%. Mm-hmm. Just with what I described, five, $10 a day is extra spending money, clean drinking water, warm house. You're not worried about where your next meal is going to come from. You're living large, dude. So it always cracks me up when American Christians or you know different belief systems come in like, well, the wealthy or the evil. Like, dude, you're the wealth. You are the wealthy. <laughs> you are that you've got internet, dude, you're wealthy yeah. beyond imagination of most people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, uh, Amazing. it's just a matter of perspective at that point. And yeah. I, I, an interesting poll I saw one time that really helped put it in perspective for me was they asked a whole bunch of people at all income levels, what would it mean to be financially comfortable for you? Like when you look at someone else and go, oh man, they must be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they just said, name a number. And they said, oh, by the way, what do you earn as the follow-up question? Right. So they had two numbers. Yes. Everybody gives a number that's about twice where they are right now. It doesn't matter if you're making $10,000 a year or if you're making <laughs> half a million dollars a year. Everybody gives a number about twice as big as where they are right now. And that's the rich. That's yes. everybody above that line. Yeah. Is the the fortunate rich. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's, just, it's a matter of perspective on these things. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I mean, those are some of the internal things. And so not to camp out there too long, but those are good. Yeah, no, I, these are great conversations. And, and many people, even though they've been in our community a while, have never heard these kind of conversations. So I'd love to have them. It's been a while since we pounded through it. And I, let me just put this cherry on top of what we're saying. It's impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others, most of whom you'll never meet. Mm-hmm. And that rewind it. I said it perfectly. If I said it too fast, just rewind that is a solid statement that stands alone no matter what your belief system is. It's inarguable. Totally. That's awesome. I guess to go on though with my story, probably what happened soon after that, right? So I, I started to take on some other local brands, some smaller brands, right? And I um, learned a lot on that. I learned a lot of what not to do uh, as far as setting up the deals and that kind of stuff. I probably took on too many and too small of clients 
and spread myself way too thin and didn't earn what I should have earned on that yeah. front end, to be honest with you. And, and then also though, at the same time, there's so many opportunities in this space. I mean, all these different business models, I was getting distracted. And I was, I was like, well, let me add back in replans. Let me try this. I did a wholesale thing. I did, you know, I was trying to do too many things until at one point, um, my wife Ashley. She like one night sat me down. We had these like massive sheets of paper on our kitchen table. And she's like, all right, write down everything you do. And like, kind of, we categorize them. Like, here's all my, here's the stuff for Brickhouse. Here's the stuff for my product partnering. Here's the stuff I'm doing reselling. Here's some stuff I'm doing with like church and, and volunteering and, you know, all of these things. And it, cause I felt like, um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm only doing one or two things. And she was like, no, you're doing like seven or eight things right now. And, and I wasn't doing any of them great, you know, so a little bit. So, I had to prune and that was a, a definite concept that I had to really, and I still take with me a lot, just keep pruning back and focusing on what matters most. So I stopped many things. I really, that's where I started to really dig into the PPP model and commit to it. I like sold through whatever inventory I had and I just stopped reselling and stopped some other things and pulled, pulled back some things and outsourced some things and really just focused on that. That was a huge uh, pivot point for me. Hey, sorry for the short interruption, but you're going to love what I have to share with you. Let's talk about seller board. As an Amazon seller, do you know your numbers? Are you tracking your profit and loss by ASIN, cost of goods sold? How accurate are your numbers? Seller board helps you get extremely accurate. Starting at just $15 per month, you can know when to buy products, when not to buy products which ones are profitable, which ones aren't, you can really start to dial in your Amazon business. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check out the latest fantastic sponsor to this program. So many Amazon sellers in our community are using it. I'm thrilled that they've become a sponsor of this program. Thanks, Seller Board. Go check out their offer, silentgym.com slash numbers. I stopped many things. I really, that's where I started to really dig into the PPP model and commit to it. I like sold through whatever inventory I had and I just stopped reselling and stopped some other things and pulled, pulled back some things and outsourced some things and really just focused on that. That was a huge uh, pivot point for me. And, and you know, we talk a lot about multiple income streams around here, but rarely do we talk about pruning yes. as part of that. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought that up. Because it, it takes that wisdom. And I think a spouse, that's a great place to insert Ashley into this. Like if you ask them, they'll tell you. That's that, you know, that's the value, especially when it's a guy asking his wife, man, they've got our number, dude. Totally. <laughs> we can try to say, no, I'm just cruising through life. Life's great. You know, I've only got two or three things going on. Like, no, sit down. Let's write it out. You're going <laughs> in a hundred directions. <laughs> yeah. They know. Jeez. That's great. So you had to do some pruning. I love that concept. I think I'm going to I'm going to figure out a, the right way to work that into, you know, because we, we you know near our house where we live, there's a there's a beautiful uh, driveway that leads up to a beautiful house, mm-hmm. not far from our neighborhood. And once every four years or so, the beautiful trees that line that they just chop them down to nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like ugly, nasty stumps with a few things, but then. As they grow out that year, they're bigger and more beautiful than they ever were before. And that's a biblical concept of pruning. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. It, you know, it's not just a matter about adding on more, adding more constantly. You know, what what do I need to cut out? What do I need to to get rid of? Life has seasons, and yeah. that's where the value of prayer comes in. The value of a spouse who's kind of connected that can can read you and see mm-hmm. what you need for the season you're in, yeah. and for what season's coming soon. You know, yeah. And for us, it was saying in the season, what are we saying yes to? And here's these couple of things that we want to go all in on. And I'm going to say no or cut in half a bunch of these other things. And that was that was a huge pivot point for, for us to help me just really focus my efforts. Because I, when you're trying to do seven or eight different things, or even three or four different models, you're spinning your wheels. You don't get the traction that you need. Yep. Really, you know, because you, you talk about that to bolt, not bounce. And I would hear that in all the podcasts, but then like most guys are like, no, but that, that doesn't apply to me. I, I can, I can do, do some bouncing. Sure. I can do some. So. Yeah. yeah. So, but to really get something down, get it systematized. But then you, yeah, certainly there's opportunities go. You can add, you can do more than one thing, but you, you can't be starting more than one thing at once. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to start three or four things. Oh, that's good. That, 
man, that's profound. Man, I love that you've kind of connected these dots based on things. I don't think I've ever said that exact phrase. Hmm. You can run multiple streams of income, but you can't start them simultaneously. There's a lot of, and the reason that is, is because when you're starting something, and I have said this before, there's that period of intense focused effort hmm. that makes almost everything else just kind of, you know, yeah. the volume goes down to to two on everything, except this one thing, the volume's at 10. And, yes. you know, even you, you even kind of have to warn your family at times. It's like, okay, I need like four weeks where I'm not going to be normal because <laughs> I'm going all in on this. Then after that, hold me to it. You know, we're getting back to balance, mm-hmm. but right now it's going to be very unbalanced. Launching is out of balance, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's required. It's a period of time. So if you try to do that in several different arenas at the same time, simultaneously, mm-hmm. it can be big trouble. None of, none of it will end up working out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're going down a path of the story and kind of keep taking little, little parking spots and then to come back onto that, that, that the exercise of the pruning that led to right on the same time, there was a, um, I think it was a virtual ASD event that, that we did. Maybe it was around COVID time. And, um, I heard a training that A. Bordelani did about product launches, like in a very detailed way I'd never heard before. And, uh, so I, after that, I reached out to Nathan and I said, Hey, can I buy coaching sessions with this Abe guy? And I had done a couple of PPC sessions with him, uh, advertising sessions with him, you know, a year back. So I got more sessions with Abe to learn that specific process. Like I want to learn this one thing because for my clients that I had, I had a handful at that time, I wanted to learn that tactic and employ it. So I, I did a, we started, uh, sessions maybe in May, May or June of, it's two years ago now, a year and a half ago. No, two and a half years ago. There we go. And we did like two sessions. And then Abe was just like, hey, we need to partner together <laughs> doing this stuff. And so we started partnering at that point. And um, there was a unique season of, uh, I have these other clients and yet we were going to also do management. And what do I keep separate or what do I fold in? And I eventually folded everything in, but it took about maybe six or eight months before I would, I felt confident enough to bring bring those in and because at that point I'm I'm sharing I'm splitting it with uh, all the profits with him and whatnot, but that that core relationship and so uh, doing and hey just doing the coaching again like coaching doesn't have to be a one time thing. There's something else I want to learn. Go get another coach. Like that lessened my learning curve with that, and that brought not only the the knowledge the skills, but I mean more importantly than that was the relationship. Abe and I have been business partners for two and a half years now. That um I wouldn't have that wouldn't have started if I'd not taking that step to, to get that second round of coaching. That was huge. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the, and that's what so many times, dozens of stories like that, where <clears> the <throat> coaching student relationship drifts into something so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And that circle of network that, that our coach has. Yeah. I, I often put it this way. I say, if you sign up for coaching and you never actually have a meeting with your coach, mm-hmm. it's paid for itself almost instantly. If you take advantage of the network that that coach has, Yes. And meeting those people, just have them do the introductions and tell you about some of their favorite people in the business and and, and have a few minutes of a phone call with each of them mm-hmm. paid for coaching. Totally. Yeah, totally. And, and, and you kind of experienced that. Oh, it, the relationships were, were so key. I mean, the relationships in this community, first off, just, I mean, even just being exposed to the, your podcast and, and the Proven Amazon course, just hearing that, but then meeting people just in the Facebook group and then the coaching relationships and then... I went to a couple of legends meetups and met friends there. Just there was so many relational aspects that now doing this agency model, right? The product partnering model, probably three, four years into three and a half years of doing that exclusively, we've not paid a penny for advertising. It's all referrals, relationships. Now. Wow. Um, That's awesome. At some point, we want to scale to that, maybe, but yeah. like, right. I've been saying that for about 12 years. I, <laughs> we stay plenty busy just making <laughs> yeah. our current clients happy, our current students, and they share, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, my my mother-in-law told me I should get some coaching with you guys. Like that makes the phone ring, right? I mean, yeah. and, uh, and we're working with people who already know, like, and trust us versus, you know, the yeah. thing with paid ads is you're starting with zero on the trust meter. Yes. <laughs> you just got to pound away at that. And yeah. it takes a lot more time, effort, energy, and Versus just creating happy clients and yes. then saying, hey, who else do you know? And they spread the word and they come in with a trust meter already at five and you haven't spent a penny. Yes. You know? And what you said is huge because even out of the gate, my, after I did our brand and then worked with maybe one or two other local small brands, like 
though they would just start telling other people in their space. And even sometimes it's only a month in, like I haven't even done that much for them yet. It just mm-hmm. it felt like they, they, for whatever way, relationally, they felt like they, they could trust, they could trust me. They started sharing with other people and other people in the industry and just, you know, kind of organically just grows from that. So yeah. I mean, results for your clients and students is the best marketing you'll ever have. Exactly. Don't do anything because yep. word will spread. Yeah. Yep. That good news will float. That's beautiful. Well, where else do you want to go from here? I definitely want to dive into you know what you're doing for clients. And if someone wants to work with you guys, how they can do that, we'll stick that in the show notes for sure as well. Uh, those are two things I definitely want to hit. How's business and how can people get a hold of you? But what else is on your list of things that that we need to hit and talk through today? Maybe share one of your wins, you know, one of besides the the brick house, you know, what's another project you guys have worked on that that you're enjoying? Yeah. So I mean, a huge I think win for me has just been. Our, we've been growing, Abe and I, with with our business. It's called Online Biz Momentum. It's the agency model, working with brands. So just taking that PPP model and doing that uh, at scale. We've been growing our team, our, our staff of people to run ads and to make listings and those kinds of things. That's been giving us the capacity to do more. That's been really rewarding. Uh, it's also it's been a huge challenge, especially recently. Just um, some new hires have been having to make and finding the right people is so essential. Having the right people. Yeah, you can have an SOP, but that doesn't mean it's going to turn out great. <laughs> did you ever read that? Uh, did I ever have you read that book, Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey? You know what? I read it once, but it was a long time ago. Like, yeah, in years ago. It, it just sometimes when people, it, it, whenever people say, "I'm starting to hire," yes, I refer them to that book. Yeah, you know, I don't agree with. I don't overlap a hundred percent, but I overlap about ninety percent, maybe ninety-five even, with Dave Ramsey's approach to most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the way he vets and hires and grows his team, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's he went from a card table to a company of you know. I think at the time he wrote the book, five hundred people, and I think it's maybe a thousand plus at this point. Wow! Um, but just the process he went through of how to pick good people, especially at that core level, who are going to help you run your business. Yeah. If you're just talking like a specialty person, like you know a VA to send emails hundred a week to you know whatever. Yeah. But if you don't have someone who who kind of has their hand on the throttle of your business, you know, <laughs> yes, that's a different hire in the process you go through and figuring out who that person's going to be. So might be a good one for you. Yeah, I, I want to revisit the book. I, one thing I do remember from that book, again, it's been a long time, but I remember he would say, be slow to hire and quick to fire. Yeah. And, and so it's just a very, like you said, it is a thorough vetting process, but also like... You know, I want to lean towards grace, even with our team. But at some point, I mean, I, I probably extend that way too far. He says, you know, firing people can be hard, especially as, you know, Christians and believers, you want to act in compassion. He said, so the way I think of it is I'm sending them off to do what God intended them to do because yes. it's not this. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not this. But as far as where we're up to, I mean, it's been exciting to see. Really, we've had a lot of growth in the last five or six months. Um, we've had kind of slow and steady in the background and building our team, building our processes, serving our clients well. And then we've had just a convergence of a few things, some just growth in some of our clients, but also referrals of a, a few just really big brands. And, and I'm not going to disclose names right now, just for this. Sure, non-disclosure, but like household <laughs> yeah. brands we'd recognize kind of stuff. Yeah, if you're in their industries. And so... Yeah, two of them uh, in, the, in the last couple of months, two or three months. And, uh, and I'll note, both of them came as a direct result of a relationship of somebody in this community. And so just referral, word of mouth, and then building relationship with them. And both of these are companies who are large companies. They're both sell in multiple countries, not just Amazon. Actually, they, they both sell in multiple countries, physical locations, retail locations, and neither one of them had an Amazon operation at all. Brand new wow. to Amazon. So it's, it, yes, there are the small brands like my salad dressings out there, but there are big brands, big national and international brands. Surprisingly, you would think that all those people are selling on Amazon. They might have some ASINs on Amazon that other people threw out there. Resellers picked them up and listed them at some point, but they're looking to get control of that, yes. which is a huge... You go to any trade show and just go booth to booth brand owners mm-hmm. and say, hey, how do you feel about Amazon? 90% of them are going to go, oh... Yes. Can't stand Amazon, but man, we need to figure it out. Yes, you know that's oh. the response you're going to get from just about every brand out there, unless they've got someone good like you already <laughs> representing them. It's like, yeah, we got a guy that does that. And they're doing great, actually. Yeah, you know, that's the only other answer you'll get. Yeah, and most brands are just frustrated. They try to figure it out internally. They don't know how it works. They're frustrated. They they know that it's only you know because you and I both know this, but a listener 
some listeners may not realize that only about 16, 18% of retail is online. Mm -hmm. And almost half of that is Amazon. Yeah. But still, you know, if you've got a brand, 80% plus of your business is still traditional retail channels. But there's this little painful needs to be addressed issue over here, e-commerce, half of which is Amazon. Someone needs to figure this thing out. We threw some money on it, haven't figured it out yet. I mean, that's the story of a lot of brands out there. Huge opportunity. And and that's where I would love for just, if people are listening to this, take this home of like, you you can do this because the reality is, is we started working with some of these bigger brands recently. Most of the time we've worked with small, medium-sized brands. The problems that they have, most people, and most, if you're doing replens, you can probably figure out three-fourths of their problems. It's shipment issues, it's listing issues, it's case log issues, or a lot of people, it's PPC, PPC advertising issues. And right. that's a skill you can go learn or you can partner with somebody. And mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, and again, these are brands that like, they're doing millions of dollars of sales off Amazon and they're just not leveraging Amazon. So there's like just some low-hanging fruit to come in. This one brand, uh, the bigger of the two that we just said, uh, started working with, we're four weeks in and they're at $80,000 in sales. Like, and that was just on getting, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon. But I mean, that's it's because we've only gotten like 15 of the racings up. <laughs> and you just you just listed them and yeah, do an FBA. You had them send some product in. So far, that's all merchant fulfilled. That there's wow. some product inbound right now. It's wow. a pretty mad. This is a lot of high ticket stuff. It's a unique category, but like, sure. Uh, What's your payment arrangement with them? Like, yeah. are you guys paid a cut of what they sell on Amazon or how yeah. do you work it out? We're a percentage, a percentage based. Um, and so actually, that's a good thing to bring up because if you're interested in this model, you know, how to, I guess I would love to give some painful experiences. What we learned along the way, what was initially was taught was just do a percentage of the payout of the Amazon payout, net of all fees. And we do that. But along the way, I learned I need to add in a, a minimum to that, a bottom mm-hmm. floor to that. A setup fee. Yeah, but yeah, that even like a minimum is, monthly maintenance. Yeah, because on the front end, like what you said in starting any business, and this is true starting a new client, especially if they're new to Amazon, there's a three or four months, two or three months where there's a lot of focused effort and their payout might not uh, kick into that percentage yet, you mm-hmm. know, on that front end. And yet you're doing the bulk of the work on that front. It's very front loaded in nature. And so to have some sort of, it doesn't have to be super high, but to have something there. It's it helps to just cover the the cost while you're while you're growing them, and then the long term is more the percentage. So from yeah. our point, we we hope that we're off of that retainer within I don't know two or three months. Of tops. course, yeah. And I know that again, we're talking about the proven product partnering, which is a mm-hmm. module inside the proven Amazon course put mm-hmm. together by our coaching director Nathan Bailey, who's done a good number of these as well himself. He mm-hmm. he represents multiple accounts himself currently. So I think between you guys and him some of the foremost knowledge experts on this topic in our in our community right now. One of the things I was going to ask you is, do you guys use a, a buyout clause? I know that's one of the things that we teach because at some point, some brand might say, hey, I uh, noticed you guys aren't doing a whole lot anymore, really. It's all set up. Our stuff's listed. We're just shipping it into Amazon. Like, There's not a whole lot for you to do. I think we'd like to take over the brand ourselves. Do you guys build that into your agreements? Because I know we encourage that in the, in the proven product yeah. partnering training. You know what we we actually haven't been, and that's something that yeah you know, we should revisit definitely. I, that's um, it's a good reminder. We I just, think one of the things we teach in there is whatever they paid you the last two months, they can pay you that at any point as a lump sum and buy mm-hmm. out your position. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just as an idea. So yeah. as this eighty thousand dollar client becomes you know half million dollars a month, and yes. they're like. I think we're going to hire someone internally rather than paying you guys all this money every month. Yes. Okay, let's all still be friends here. Here's the agreement. You know, pay us out that one last big check and give us a great endorsement. You know, yep. uh, for our hit, for our website, and we'll be on our way, and everyone's happy, right? Uh, but because there's many of those clients out there. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's a, just an encouragement. At that point, there's there are so many brands out there. It is not saturated in terms of there's so many brands who need help, and so and you whoever you are listening, you have relationships that Jim doesn't have, that I don't have. And you can either serve them or you can connect them. Yes, how can people work with us? We have a lot of people in the community here that they'll bring us referrals and leads and we'll give them an ongoing percentage of what we're doing to uh, manage that brand. Maybe some of them want to learn and we'll say, hey, let's, you know, we'll we'll show you the ropes. We'll we'll show you, we want to help you in whatever way we can. Uh, We've had some people and other coaches and whatnot say, hey, I don't want to mess with that business model. Here's a client, <laughs> take them, and you know we'll we'll happily 
give you a, a, a cut of that going forward because that's a relationship we didn't have to cultivate and lead. Like you brought them to us, kind of warmed up, ready to go. So, um, yeah. But the, again, the value of relationships, the value of community, and and that that's the way business has grown. I've been watching this sort of thing happen here for coming up on a couple of decades, and it's beautiful to watch, man. Yeah. Every one of these relationships is just it makes our platform bigger and stronger, mm-hmm. where people can stand on it together and and build something. Yeah. Something that's neat too, just about that. The PPP model, it's a, it is it's different in structure from most of the other selling models because it's a it's a service based industry. It's not a product based. So right. the margins are the numbers are just different. Like you know, yeah, if you're normally reselling, you've got what 25 percent margins, uh, and but really big numbers. These we might have smaller numbers, but we have like eighty percent profit margins. Looking mm-hmm. because really the only expense is a couple tools and a, some VAs, and you know sometimes always some things we have to partner with a specialist and pay them. But I mean, it's a beautiful model. So to, yeah. To, well, what are your, what are your goals for, for 2023? Like how many clients you want to have, how big you, will your yeah. agency get, like whatever numbers you're comfortable sharing, you know, yeah. I'm not looking to, you know, open your books for us, but whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. Yeah. There's um. okay. So those two things might actually uh, conflict number of clients and then dollar amounts, dollar amounts we want to raise. Uh, we would love to even are kind of still talking to this bantering back and forth, but we'd love to get it to be half a million in top line sales for us and get it at an 80% margin. That's um, consulting fees. That's our, yeah, management fees. And so, so as we work with people, sometimes it's ongoing partnerships, right? Where we get a percentage of their Amazon, but right. sometimes we'll do one-off consulting or we'll do, maybe somebody just hires us to build some listings for them and then hand it back to them or right. Fix their ads and hand it back to them, and uh, not manage it. You know, so there's, but it's all service based stuff. It's like billable hours type of work. Yeah, yeah, just project. So there's a bit of project base that happens, but really, we want to have that. We're well, we what we look for most are a few really good brands that have long. And so uh, we asked me a number of clients. Uh, right now, we're, I I kind of want to. I would rather have fewer but better clients. Um, sure, really that makes sense. So I mean, obviously, if if the right client comes along, we're we're getting better at saying no. I guess because mm. not every brand's a good fit. It's not a good fit for them and for us. On the front end, I, we just kind of said yes to everybody, and uh, learned along the way that that's not the best approach. Yeah, you, know, you have to see. Actually, Abe Abe has another acronym for PPP, and it's uh, people, products, and potential. Like, are these the people I want to work with? Uh, does this product like is it viable, or is it just like this isn't going to work on Amazon? And then, do we have potential to actually grow this account? Because okay. I don't want to just maintain and keep this here. Like, can we grow you? If if those boxes aren't checked, like it's not a good deal. It's going to waste our time, waste their time. Yes, we can make a few bucks, but uh, at some point, you're like, that's not worth it. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to, I want to help you. I want a relationship. Betting. It reminds me a lot of how we do our coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a website where you can just go and put in a credit card number and order coaching <laughs> for a very good reason. Some people do. Some people charge as much as we charge for a coaching. They charge that for a course. And wow. people just plug in their credit card number and and they go to town and and mm-hmm. just disasters ensue because people have to be positioned properly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the person, the season of life, their health, their ability to focus, you know, all these factors go into it. You know, what are, what's their financial situation? Are they desperate? Desperate mm-hmm. isn't a good foundation for a season of intense focused effort on a new venture, <laughs> right? Yes. You, now you can be desperate and hustle, and do some other things, but getting a coach when you're desperate, no, probably not the best move. So we, we really do vet out who it is we're going to work with because we want success stories long term and great relationships, and uh, and not people acting out of you know a desperate position mm-hmm. basically, or uh, you know spending their last few dollars on their last hopes. Like, no, you need to be flipping books. You you know I, we tell people in that situation, hey, contact all the neighbors, all the friends you know, maybe on Facebook, and say, hey, I'm selling things online now. I'll give you half the money if you got stuff you're trying to get rid of. I'll come pick it up. I'll list it. I'll do all the work. You get half the money. Mm-hmm. You'll have more work than you know what to do with. And you'll be putting a few thousand dollars a month in your spare time in the bank. Like that's what you need to do right now totally. yeah. until you got some some margin in your life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool, cool, Jim. Yeah. Well, what else? What else on your uh, is on your mind today, buddy? We covered a lot of good ground and it, I feel like I got to know you a little bit better, man, because I know we've, we've hung out many times. You know, I wouldn't mind hearing your impression of the of the community from the vantage point of the guy who's been the worship leader for <laughs> of our conferences now, and including the one coming up, theprovenconference.com is a website coming up in July. We've got you penciled in, assuming there's no conflict with the date, which we haven't announced as of this recording, but 
um, theprovenconference.com. You've been the worship leader, man. Talk us through that, the, the relationships, the, the, um, oh. just how's that, what's that been like for you? What's your experience been? It's been awesome. Obviously, you know, that was my background and stuff. So that, that comes naturally to me. But just the, the people side of it with this community, it's been, I think I told you whenever you first asked me, is that I would love to put together a band of people who like are MST people, people from the from our group, not just, you know, bring friends of mine or higher up musicians or something. You know, we'll have to, but I would rather it be like, hey, this is this is a community event. And, and so, yeah, we did that. The first one I went to was Tampa a few years ago and then, then last year in Louisville. And yeah, as far as this year, Definitely. I mean, it's a it's a big rock for me the the conference. So it's like you just say when and I'm, I'll move stuff around. I'm gonna, I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and it blew me away that you know I don't I'm I'm not a music guy. I can appreciate good music when I hear it. I'm, I'm not musically inclined necessarily, but the fact that it was just kind of random. You guys practiced together a couple times, and and for those who don't know, the night before our event officially starts for the past couple of years, we've had a worship night, non-denominational worship service, just together and play some some great music and spend some time worshiping the Lord together for those who want to come. And then the event starts off the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, that has just been such uh, an anchor point the last couple of years, just tremendous time together. And, and and you were the guy kind of leading that. But what impressed me was these talented musicians from our community that just kind of stepped up like, yeah, I, I play saxophone. Yeah, I, I play keyboard. And like yeah. world-class quality musicians. Sponsors are, are joining the team too. Sponsors, What's that? One of the guys that sponsor of the event. You know, yeah, was, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're a sponsor. Like, yeah, he's up on stage. It was just, so awesome. Love it. And it, people with tremendous talent. And it, it was... I mean, for the for the setup time you guys had and the practice time you had, it was amazing, man. So yeah, yeah really looking forward to that as part of our event this upcoming year as well in 2023, yeah. July. But yeah, you've you've done such a great job with that. Well, hey man, it's uh it's really it's been cool hanging out with you, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, as we're recording this, we're right on the edge of Christmas. So thanks for carving some time out. Um, but uh, as we head into 2023, I I'm it's just an honor for me to put some of the great leaders from our community on the stage and just kind of say, Hey, these are the kind of people I get to work with all day, every day. These are the people shaping this community. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there's, there'll be links to everything we talked about. I want to put a link to you guys dressing. People can go look that up on Amazon, a link to what you and Abe are up to. If someone wants to send you guys a deal and they have some, you know, maybe want to partnership ideas here in that season of growth. And, uh, but anything else you want to want to hit before we wrap this one up, buddy? I think I think it was a great episode. Oh man, I, I mean, thing I just want to say thank you. You you probably don't know just how how instrumental you were in that was a, a major season in our life. Whenever I was having that pivot and coming into this as a as a source of income for us, and, and in so many ways, just um, you and your leadership and your friendship, and um, it's been just such a a source of joy and um, guidance for Ashley and I and, and our family. I mean, you, there's so many things, even just on a personal level with how we're doing things with our kids and with homeschooling and uh, family dynamics stuff that you've, you've influenced heavily. And, and um, yeah, I just want to give honor where it's due. You're, you've been such a, just a tremendous part of my journey and a friend to contact with, but I really believe it was a divine appointment. Like God brought you into my life in a season that you were exactly the kind of person that I needed in this community was exactly the, the kind of setup that I needed and what God was doing in my life. So thank you for Yeah. For now that we can kind of look over retrospect. And I feel like I've received every bit as much, if not far more, from mm-hmm. from you guys, your encouragement. You're such a blessing. We've we've been through even a couple of rough patches together, just talking through some hard things. And God brings you the right people at the right time. You know, yeah. he really does. If you if you turn your life and your business over to him, he really does have a beautiful plan. And I just love that we're now that we're on the other side of yeah. That hurdle that you guys crossed, that was a big pivot for you guys. Huge. And here we are, you know, no regrets. It's It's been a beautiful, beautiful adventure. Yeah. Well, say hello to Ashley and your beautiful family for me. Merry Christmas. And uh, it's been great hanging out with you today, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a minute as we wrap this one up. You may have been listening to this after Christmas. We recorded it just beforehand, but we're coming up on a new year, 2023. And we are super excited about the things we have in store around here. All kinds of new improvements and new modules going into the Proven Amazon course, which is our flagship course, provenamazoncourse.com. Get over there and check it out. I would say every guest you've heard on this show, with rare exception, that's the starting point that they use to start their (laughs) successful Amazon business. So jump over there and check it out. And on behalf of the entire leadership team, the team that does the tech for the podcast, the administrators, the moderators, the content creators, 
hey, God bless you. We're in your corner. We're here for you. Reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you build the e-commerce business of your dreams. We love Amazon going into 2023. Many great ideas coming at you. And we'll have those on the upcoming episodes. So don't miss any of them. Get to silentgym.com, subscribe, click like, love, all that stuff. And leave a review for us if you would. That's the one way you can pay us back. So thanks for hanging out with Jonathan and I today. Great job again today, buddy. One last time. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. And we'll talk to everyone else real soon. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. Before I let you go, one short reminder. We are so grateful to our new sponsor to this program, Seller Board. If you haven't checked them out yet, get over to silentgym.com slash numbers. This is the software that tells you if you're profitable or not. It helps you track all of your expenses, your KPIs, sales, refunds, advertising costs, all of it. Profit, loss. This is tremendous software that fills a gap in the marketplace. Many successful sellers in our community are using this tool to help them know which of their products are profitable and which ones aren't. You'll love Sellerboard for just $15 a month starting. You can really dial in and know how your business is doing. Silentgym.com slash numbers. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.